0: Hello and welcome to another podcast brought to you by Life Community Church, Lemington Spa. Recorded at one of our Sunday morning services, we hope this message inspires, equips and encourages you to grow in your relationship with Jesus Christ. You know, they're really into series and this, this was a, a series is called Just a Thought. And the, the idea is that uh, what is God speaking to me personally, wh- whoever is preaching And uh, God has been really challenging me over the past few weeks about prayer I've always believed prayer is relevant and necessary But not have always practiced it in the way that I should believe it should be practiced It really hadn't dropped from my head to my heart you know we, can know, we can know lots of things up here, but we've got to make sure they come down here or they come down here, that we actually walk in the way we believe. I believe in corporate, verbal corporate prayer. And you may have appreciated that we, as a fellowship, we have started an early morning pre-service prayer meeting at 945 this is a drop-in prayer. If you come for 9.45, go in the, the life, is it life Lounge. Well, welcome Lounge. I've only been here 40 years. What do you expect me to know? Um, into, into the Welcome Lounge. Uh, and, and just come and join us, praying for the fellowship, praying for the meeting. And then we also have a prayer meeting, you may not know, at 10.30 on a Monday morning. We meet from 10.30 to 11.30 uh, praying for the needs of the fellowship. You have been more than welcome to join us. Prayer is not a spectator sport. It's not something you come and watch. It's something you come and participate in. You come and talk to the Lord and bring your cares and your concerns. We were singing about, I've been delivered from fear. Well, maybe you need to pray about your fears that God will give you deliverance. I want to read this morning from the book of Nehemiah. Nehemiah chapter, uh, chapter 1. Now, we're not going to know it on the screen, so if you've got your Bibles, uh, do turn with it in your Bibles. The words of Nehemiah, the son of... Oh, I'm not going to pronounce his name. If you don't know what to say by a word in the Bible, I use the word wheelbarrows. (laughs) It came to pass in the month of... Oh, here's another one. In the twelfth year, as I was in Shushan, the citadel, that Hanai, one of the brethren, came with men from Judah and asked him concerning the Jews, who had escaped, who had arrived, survived the captivity and concern in Jerusalem. They said unto me, The survivors who are left from the captivity in the province are there in great distress and reproach. The walls of Jerusalem is also broken down, and its gates are burned with fire. And so it was when I heard these words that I sat down and wept, and mourned for many days. I was fasting and praying before the God of heaven. And I said, I pray, Lord God of heaven, O great and awesome God, who keepest your covenant and mercy with those who love you and observe your commandments. I'm going to have to raise these up a bit. I can't read this. who keep your covenant and mercy with those who love you and observe your commandments. Please let your ear be attentive and your eyes open that you may hear the prayer of your servant, which I pray before you this day, day and night for the children of Israel, your servants, and confess the sins of the children of Israel, which have sinned against you. Both my father's house and I have sinned. We have acted very corruptly against you, and we have not kept your commandments, your statutes, your observances, and which you commanded your servant Moses. Remember, I pray, the word that you commanded your servant Moses, saying, if you are unfaithful, I will scatter you among the nations. If you return to me, keep my commandments and do them. Though some of you are cast out of the farthest part of the heaven, the heavens, Yet I will gather them from there and bring them into the place which I have chosen as a dwelling for my name. Now these are your servants and your people, whom you have redeemed by your great power and your, by your strong hand. O oh Lord, I pray, let your ear be attentive to my prayer of your servants and to the prayer which of your servants who desire to fear your name. And let your servant prosper this day, I pray, and grant him mercy in the sight of this man. I was the king's cupbearer. Nehemiah received a letter and a report from Jerusalem. He heard a report about the fact that the walls of Jerusalem were broken down, the people were destitute. And it was when he heard the words about the walls of Jerusalem. He said, when I heard this, I sat down and cried. I refused to eat for several days. For I spent the time in prayer to the God of heavens. Nehemiah was not a priest. He was the king's cupbearer. He was touched by the needs of Jerusalem, they affected him deeply in his heart. The Bible says he cried. That's challenging, isn't it? When we last time we cried over personal, someone's personal circumstances, over a situation that we've heard? I look at the news every morning and I'm getting... Absolutely disturbed and horrified by the amount of killings and murderings that are taking place. The party that went on Friday, where it set fire to the ceiling and 13 young people died, were burnt to death. A road rage incident where a man smashed somebody else in the face, he's now in hospital, critically ill with a fractured skull. And there were just a couple of incidents. But do we cry over these things? He cried, he refused to eat, he spent time in prayer to the God of heaven, the Bible declares. In fact, the the Living Bible puts it like this, listen my prayer, hear my prayer, listen carefully to what I say, look down and see me praying night and day for your people Israel. Now I, I thought that was a strange phrase. Asking God to watch him, to look at him, see him pray. In, in fact, I only found it in the Old Testament. I've not found it in the New Testament. So he asks God to watch as he prays, as he seeks the face of God, as he confesses the sins of Israel, as he identifies with their sins. And then at the end of the chapter, he comes, O oh Lord, I pray, please let your ear be attentive to the prayer of your servant and to the prayer of your servants who desire to fear your name and let your servant prosper this day I pray and grant him mercy in the sight of this man and as you read that it isn't until you come to chapter 2 that you can actually appreciate what Nehemiah is praying he's really wanted to ask his boss for a leave of absence now August is a time when we all go on holiday no I don't go on holiday in August but most people when they've got children they go on holiday in August and sometimes when you want to go at a different time you've got to ask the boss for a leave of absence and the needs of Jerusalem affected Nehemiah's heart so much he had prayed he had sought the face of God and he was going to ask for favor and so as he goes to serve the king, carrying the wine, testing the wine before the king drank it. He he didn't speak, he didn't speak anything, he didn't open his mouth. But the reality was the the, the, the need of Jerusalem had so affected him he changed his countenance. And the king said, What's the matter? You're not smiling. Have you got a heavy heart? Are you not feeling very well? So he said, well, actually, my king, my lord, I'm really concerned about my home nation. I'm really concerned about the needs of Jerusalem. The walls are burnt and the people are suffering. Uh, What would you like us to do, says the queen? He said, I'd like leave of absence. Oh, right. I'd like to go back to Jerusalem and organize something so that we can repair these walls. You see, he spent time praying and seeking the face of God. And when he comes in, in the presence of the king and he, he pours out his request on response to the questions from the king, God gives him favor. God gives him favor. So, well, all right then, how how long do you want to go be away? Well, it turns out it was probably somewhere between 6 and 12 months. But he wasn't going for a holiday. He was going to rebuild walls. He was going to sort out Jerusalem and and help the people of God in Jerusalem. Are we touched with the needs of our prayers? Or are they just words that we say? You see, he, fu- he fully intended to put legs to his prayers. Jesus said to the disciples one day, why don't you pray for the Lord of the harvest that he will raise up laborers? Uh, and that's the end of the chapter. The following chapter, he's sending them out. So the very prayers that Jesus had asked the disciples to pray, they actually become the answer to the prayer. His countenance was affected by his concern and God gave him the grace to go back to Jerusalem. Really challenged by Nehemiah, friends. We need to really come to a place of prayer. I watched a a film that uh, um, Seth and Victoria loaned us called The War Room. If you haven't seen it, friends, you need to watch it. You know, sometimes you, I, you look at, and say, well, this is a Christian film. It's two hours long. And you think sometimes, well, what, what are they going to put it over? But it was absolutely brilliant, friends. If you get an opportunity to watch, you get it, you, you, you watch it and feed on it and they've got to feed your spirit. God will change nations, will change circumstances if we only but seek the face of, of God The second example of prayer I want to share with you this morning Is the prayer of Elijah the Tishbite Well we had a, a, a beautiful a Sermon a few weeks ago By Robert as his, as his Leaving present to us When he talked about Elijah Apparently Elijah is his favourite character But I, I see Elijah As a man a man of prayer, friends. And when he, he turns up in chapter 17 of verse 1, when he burst on the scene of time, when he said, Ahab, you're a wicked king, you're leading a wicked nation, and I want to tell you, Ahab, it's not going to rain according to my word. Ooh, that's a word enough, isn't it? We all look to God, give us a prophetic word, Lord, give us a prophetic word. Then sometimes God gives us a word and says, Boy, what am I going to do with this word? How am I going to deliverance? I'm full of fear. Well, maybe Elijah was full of fear, but I want to tell you, friends, that Elijah prayed for six months. It wasn't the case. He got up one morning and he he sat down and started to talk to the Lord and God said to him, I want you to go and tell Ahab that it's not going to rain according to the sins of the people, because of the sins of the people. Oh, that's nice he didn't just blurt it out friends he spent time praying over it spending time waiting upon God saying God is what I've, you've laid on my heart the, 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 really the word from the Lord and Lord not only is it not only for a word from the Lord Lord when is it the right time to deliver that word and so we prayed about it and prayed about it and waited upon God and sought the face of God to uh, making sure that what he got to say was the right thing now you, you can imagine that country, not you you wouldn't want to go up to Queen Elizabeth and say I want to tell you Queen Elizabeth you've got a queen today I want to tell you Queen Elizabeth it's good, because you've got a naughty girl <laughs> it's not going to rain for three years there's not only not going to rain there's going to be no Jew she's going blushing there Yeah, you've got to say yes, we wouldn't want to do that, would we? We'd be absolutely tongue-tied. You see, this prophecy God gave him wasn't a flash in the pan. He prayed over the six months before in God's word. And I want, you know, the consequences, the consequences of Elijah's prophetic word was that Elijah was being fed by ravens. He stopped with a widow woman who was taking care of him. Her son died and he rose him from the dead. He had a battle with 850 pagan prophets and only one man of God, and he killed all 850 of them. And when Elijah, and then we find Elijah on his knees with his head between his knees in prayer, praying for rain. So sometimes, friends, prayer has... Horrendous and potential consequences in, the, in our circumstances and in our lives. And we end up, the, this particular episode in the life of Elijah, we see him running. He's outrunning a chariot that's going full pelt. Because he said the Spirit of the Lord came upon him. And he outran the chariots before the rain came. And it wasn't a little trickle, friends. We had a bit on Thursday. Do you remember it on Thursday? I couldn't get out of savers because there were so many customers who didn't want to buy anything, but we didn't want to go outside because it was wet. He says to Ahab in chapter 18 and verse 41, Go up, eat and drink. For it is the sound of the abundance of rain. The sound of abundance of rain was a cloud that big. Would you have said we were going to have a, a thunderstorm beyond all imagination with a cloud that big? You'd have wanted to get a bit darker. But Elijah knew. Elijah knew. Prayer number three. Now this is probably, may well be a bit of preacher's license. In Acts chapter 9 of verses 1 to 6, then Paul, still bringing threats and murders against the disciples of the Lord, went to the high priest and asked letters from him to the synagogue of Damascus so that if he found any who were, on, were of the way, whether men or women, he might then bring them bound to Jerusalem. And as he journeyed, he came to, near Damascus, and suddenly a light shone around him from heaven, and he fell to the ground and heard a voice saying, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And he said, Who are you, Lord? Then the Lord said, I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting. It is hard for you to kick against the goats. So he trembling and astonished and said, Lord, what do you want me to do? Then the Lord said to him, arise and go into the city, and you'll be told what you must do. Was the conversion of Saul or Paul divine planning without human involvement? Or was the conversion of Saul as a result of someone praying? Now, I can't find any, well, I can find, I believe, one evidence in Scripture. But I do believe that when persecution comes upon the church, the church is going to pray. It's not reported in the Scriptures, but I believe that would happen. And if persecution comes up on each one of us individually, then we're going to pray about it. And ask God to bring deliverance and healing. But there was a prayer which I believe is part of the answer. And that prayer is found in in chapter 7. And it's at the martyrdom of Stephen. As he was being stoned to death for his faith in Jesus Christ, as he was calling upon God and saying, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. Then he knelt down and cried with a loud voice, Lord, do not charge them with this sin and when he had said this he fell asleep or he was died he was executed and in the midst of his execution he was saying Lord do not charge them with this sin and I believe friends that prayer was answered in the conversion of Paul on the road to Damascus We need to pray, friends. We need to pray. Jesus is coming again. And we live in a world where there is a rise of sin. Yesterday, there were 550,000... No, hang on. Three hundred. Sorry, get the right number. I'm very no tourists are getting numbers wrong. Right. 300,000 people in a gay pride march. In, in Hove yesterday and everywhere we turn friends there's a rise of sin and we need to stand against it the gospel of Jesus Christ is to, is to be declared in all the world and this church needs to be a beacon in the community in which we live and as we seek out to touch this community in various ways we need the people to pray And we need to spend time with God. You need to pick a place and a time. Yes, we can talk about praying in the car. We can talk about praying over the kitchen sink. But you need specific times when you can seek the face of God. And I personally find that prayer walking is my best time. If I go into the lounge and sit down with my Bible in my hands and, and start to pray, I can guarantee in five minutes I'm back to sleep. I I haven't found it yet that I've gone to sleep walking. <laughs> I may go a little quiet at times and, and, and start to think rather than to pray, but it's a time and an opportunity. That's my personal quiet time, getting alone with God. That is my... The, the film... the. Wall room has a room where you put your prayers on the wall. Well, I've got nowhere to put the prayers on the wall. But I pray the press. I pray every day for this congregation, for Laura's, Lorna's situation, for, for Dave and Leanne and, and Rob and Laura and Dave and Emily and Chris and every member of the fellowship. Praying God that will bless them and use them. And of cause this community, of God's people to touch the community outside we, we have great needs in this community friends and we are the people nobody's going to get them right with God unless we seek the face of God for them and seek opportunities so we need to be men and women of prayer that's what God's speaking to me about friends I, he may be speaking to you about something else but that's what God is speaking to me this is just a thought just a thought what a thought. Prayer, what a thought. One are the fundamental bases of our relationship with the living God, seeking Him on a regular basis. May God bless you. We hope that you enjoyed this message. For many more resources and for more information, visit our website at www.life-cc.org.